You are uh, witnessing uh, in the in the spirit. And I think you can sense it even today that the Lord is uh, in the middle of a shift. He's in the middle of a turning um, when it comes to his his body worldwide, but in particular uh, where we are right now in this location. God loves this county. Some of you aren't too sure of that, so let me try it again. God loves this county. <laughs> And uh, he loves the people here. He wants to do a great work. And uh, that means a, a major shift in, in thinking and perspective. Just pray this with me if you would out loud. Say, Father, give me a supernatural shift in my thinking from myself to others in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's dive right into this. We're going to be talking about, for some time, wells of life. Look at somebody and say, and you are one. Grab your Bible. Let's make our confession today. Say it with all your heart. This is my Bible. I am, it says I am. I have, it says I have. I can do, it says I can do. Do you believe that today? Say it with me. Today, I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'll never be the same. I am about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. I appreciate Tim ministering last week, and I heard my sister preach, and the power went off. It's par for the course. Yes, Amen. (laughs) And she probably just kept on preaching. That's what I heard. Yeah. Yes, amen. Uh, you know, long before modern times, they just preached regardless of the circumstances. It's the word that has the power. Not all of our modernity and everything that we have and our little bells and whistles. But I want you to go with me to a scripture in Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. And I want to tell you today that God is looking for somebody. He is looking for somebody who will be this kind of person for his end-time harvest and for his plan. The King James reads this way, 2 Chronicles 16, 9, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. He's looking for somebody. Now, I want to just start out by saying this to you, that when we read this verse, and I'm the same way, the first thing we traditionally think about is God's running to and fro looking for a way to help me. So let's just automatically shift right now. Can we do that? What God's looking for is someone who will do his bidding to help others. He's looking for somebody that will stand in that gap. The Berean version says, For the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro over all the earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are fully devoted to him. So we see the concept here, a heart that's perfect, a heart that is fully devoted to him. The New American Standard says, whose heart is completely his. So somebody that he's looking to use in in powerful and supernatural mighty ways, this kind of person has a heart that's fully devoted, consecrated to God. They are steadfast. They're not in and out, up and down. They are steadfast. They are consistently in love with God and walking with God. Kelly came across a, a meme. And she just told it to me and basically said this. No, you don't have to be, you know, go to, you know, go to church to be a Christian. Uh, just like you don't have to be home to be married. But how I many you know, eventually, if you don't go home, you probably won't be married. 
And uh, it's the dumbest thing in the world to say things like that because you cannot become steadfast, perfect in heart, fully devoted to God without the assistance of the ministry of the local church. So we need to understand the importance today of thinking biblical thoughts when it comes to our walk with God and letting God just change us in our thinking. Go with me over to Genesis 26 with that foundation in mind and turn, turn and tell somebody, I am that person. He can count on me. Genesis chapter 26. I think I would just start again here at verse, uh, verse 12 or so. We've taught much on this principle. But Isaac planted in the land, in the same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. How I many you know with the blessing, it doesn't matter if there's famine out there, downturn in the economy, it's the blessing that preserves you. The man became rich and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. He had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. Have you know the world should be envying you, not the other way around. So it says, He had so many flocks and herds and servants that the Philistines envied him. So all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the time of his father Abraham, the Philistines stopped up, filling them with earth, thinking that's somehow going to stop the blessing. Do you know there's no assignment this world or anybody can live in it that can come against you can stop the blessing of God in your life? It's just not going to happen. It said here, the Abimelech said, Isaac, move away from us. You have become too powerful for us. So Isaac moved away from there and encamped in the valley of Gerar and settled there. Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died. And he gave them the same names his father had given them. Now, he's recognizing the blessing, the covenant of his father, the benefit of being in that line, in that family. It's a wonderful thing that he does. And he actually honors his father and God in that covenant by keeping those names. Now watch what happens. It says, Isaac's servants dug in the valley and discovered a well of fresh water there. But the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen and said, the water is ours. So he named the well Esek because they disputed with him. Then they dug another well, but they quarreled over that one also. So he named it Sitna. You see a pattern here? Fill my wells up, God will just open them up again. Quarrel over my well, and I'll just go somewhere else and dig another one. In other words, it's not the location of the land that makes the difference. It's the blessing that's on the digger. Come on, say it. The blessing is on the digger, and I be the digger. Some of us can right now say, well, you know what, somebody did this in my life and did that in my life, you know, and I had something good going and they took it away or cost drive or whatever. Let me tell you something. Your God is so big, no matter what people plan or do against you, you're still going to come out on top because the blessing is real. Say it with me, the blessing's on the digger. And so uh, they dug another well, but they quarreled over that one and they named it Sitna. He moved on from there and dug another well and no one quarreled over it. He, he named it Riboth. They finally got the message, this guy's going to have a well. Now the Lord has given us room and we will flourish in the land. From there he went up to Beersheba. That night the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not be afraid for I am with you. I will bless you and I will increase the number of your descendants for the sake of my servant Abraham. Now, why is this important to us? Because oftentimes when it comes to the move of God, we'll think in terms of 
of sites where the water has flown, where the living water uh, has flowed, where the living water has actually manifested, where the glory of God has been there, His presence, His power, His goodness. And we do that even to this day. We think about in our, in our world where God had had hot spots where He manifested. You know, there were places in Kentucky, you know, like Bree, for example, and like uh, Asbury and the Caden Ridge Revival. How I many know these are things that God has done? And they're marvelous in our eyes. Uh, the Lord, uh, without permission from the dean, blew into Concordia Seminary in St. Louis and decided to baptize in the Holy Ghost a bunch of Lutherans. Everybody say, praise the Lord for that. The Welsh Revival, you know, the Ireland and, and what we had in, out in California and Azusa Street. How many you know God is up to something? I was personally, uh, you know, able to go to the, the Pensacola, Brownsville revival and see what God was doing and was, you know, supremely man, you know, ministered to. God did amazing things in my life. I can tell you that God has not changed. He's still in the revival business. But if you're not careful, your confidence and your faith is in geography. If you're not careful, your confidence is in the personality of the person in the revival. And I wanted to say this, not in a, hey, what's wrong with you? But looking inward at all of us, we've been trained this way. If you'll just get to so-and-so's meeting, X, Y, Z will happen to you. If you can just get over to that great, powerful move of God, then you'll never be the same. If you can just get down to Brownsville, well, your life will be changed. And I'm not knocking anything that God did in any of these places or those involved in that. We're the ones that have been trained to visit the well. What God is saying to you and to me today is not the location of that. It's not the geography. It's the connection of the individual with God that makes it a well or not. In other words, you and I aren't to seek out and glorify locations or seek out and glorify personalities. We should honor what God has done. We should respect what God has done. We should thank God for what he has done. And we should cry out and say, Lord, in this day, do what you want to do. And you know what he's doing? He is raising up not geography, but individual wells. Come on, say it with me. I am the well. Say it again. Say it. I am the well. I'm not going to the well. See, the church is not a building. When you hear somebody say the miracle capital of the world, don't think building. Don't think concrete. The church is made up of born-again people. We are the well. Which means that wherever we go, wherever we happen to be, that's where living water will flow. When we gather here, we should expect the water to flow. Does that make sense? We used to talk about a hot spot over in the other building where it seemed God would just do amazing things. And I can tell you firsthand, I've experienced things in that hot spot. I've seen many people saved, delivered, and healed in that hot spot. Can I tell you something? The hot spot is not attached to a piece of carpet in a building. There should be a hot spot wherever we are. Hallelujah. When you go to Polly Eyes, it ought to be a hot spot. When you go to work, it should be a hot spot. Dear God, when you go to Walmart, it ought to be a hot spot. It's a given that when you're in church, it should be 
a place where God manifests his, his glory, his, his manifested presence, his goodness, his power, it should be without sin. But the shift that has to take place is if we could just get to so-and-so, if we can just get to that location, then God's going to move. What God is trying to get a hold of you, it means that you get the revelation that you are the well. You personally are the well from which that water is to spring forth from. It'll revolutionize everybody in this room. Reorder your priorities, amen? Because there's nobody in this room that God can't use if they'll just learn to be available. The reason this is so important, uh, how many know that we have been taught about how to receive from God? Have we not been taught about the spirit of faith? Have we not been taught, talked about uh, the connection between faith and hope and faith and love and faith and patience and faith and obedience? Have you not been taught that? Yeah. We've learned how to pull things in from the spirit realm into our lives. But that's only part of the equation. What God is saying to this church right now is I want you to get ready do everything you can so that wherever you go, the power of God manifests through you. Not just because there's a meeting going on, not because of the revival going on, but this is a lifestyle. Amen? So what we're going to do is we're going to look at four key areas uh, in regard to this. And again, the key is not location, the key is connection. Say it with me, I'm connected to God. Say it with me, I am connected to him. The first word is simply the word revelation. That does not mean the book of the Bible. It means you have any personal understanding that you are a well. I could say it 15 times in a row today, but you have got to get that by revelation from the Holy Spirit for yourself. Are you here today? And so we're going to take some time on this to make sure that the Spirit of God has the opportunity while we're under the Word of God to cause this to explode in your heart and in your life. Because man cannot give you that revelation. And I'm also really facing an uphill climb here because I'm, 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 I'm dealing with a hundred years of charismatic and Pentecostal theology that focus not on you being the well, but going to the well. Am I right about it, charismatics and Pentecostals? That's absolutely the case. Go to this here meeting. Come to our three-day revival. Go over here because it's a hot spot. Go over here because something amazing is happening. No, God wants to do amazing things every day, everywhere. But it's going to take a shift, a, a shift in thinking, a, a paradigm shift in terms of our mental model about what we're supposed to be. And all of a sudden, we get a personal revelation that God's not wanting just to use so-and-so. He's wanting to use me. Amen. The second uh, concept is empowerment. To learn that you're to be filled with the Spirit of God, but also refilled. Stay filled. I'm sorry to say this, but a lot of Pentecostals leak. And ain't nothing more dead than a dead Pentecostal. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, I mean, they got the dress right and the, and the lingo right. They can, they can tell you about this and tell you about that. But if it came down to somebody needing what's in the well, the well is either stopped up. I'm not concerned about somebody stopping up my well. I'm concerned about me stopping up my well because I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do, not thinking right or whatever the case may be. Some cases people aren't living right. 
Sometimes we're not believing right. All these things affect that. And so when we talk about empowerment, we're talking about getting that thing to flow and realizing that everything that people need is in that well. Everything. Everything they need mentally, emotionally, physically, materially, spiritually, everything they need is in that well. And it's not out there. If you're born again and you're spirit filled, it's in you. Empowerment, understanding that empowerment, the nature and the power of the Spirit of God, what He can do. He is God. He is the teacher of the church. He is the one that's manifested in the days of the Word of God, in the days of the Old Testament, in the days of Jesus' ministry, and He's doing it today. But if we maintain a model where we go to the well instead of be the well, then we also have to understand what is inside of us. And it's not just something to make you have a, a little, you know, a gooey feeling or a warm fuzzy or a goose bump or feel inspired. The real reason that we were baptized in the Holy Ghost was to go out and do the same things the apostles did. You don't hear him say things like, well, let's go over here, you know, because there's a great thing of uh, God and a great move of God. And we're going to go and enjoy what God is doing. No, when they went somewhere, they went somewhere on mission. Because God was moving, they had a part, a responsibility in that, an apostolic work to do. Everybody say paradigm shift. Here's another part of that, that empowerment understanding, and we'll get into this in, in lots of detail. Uh, you know, we, we think that somehow we can't do things that we see apostles doing in scripture or prophets doing or evangelists or pastors or teachers. The difference in thinking needs to be, you know, uh, you know, very specific here. These are equipping ministries. These things aren't limited to those ministries. The same well that Paul had is the same well you have. Can you receive that? We think about Philip and, and the you know, Samaritan revival and Ethiopian unit. The same well that he had, we have. Let me just go ahead and, and blow your weave right off your head today. The same well that Jesus had, we have. And this isn't a mystery to him or some surprise doctrine I just came up with. He's the one that said, and greater work shall you do because I what? Because I go to the Father. Same well. There's only one Holy Spirit. Same well. Look at somebody and say, tell them, one well. Same well. Same contents. Same ability. Same power. Same Holy Spirit. So first, you've got to get a revelation. You're the well. Second, you have to expand your thinking about what empowerment actually means and how to stay consistently empowered so that any moment if you run across somebody in an elevator at the doctor's office at Walmart traveling on vacation and they come up against you they're able to drink from the well that's on inside of you and they can receive something powerful whether it is salvation the baptism the healing the deliverance whatever it is are you still here today that third word we're going to investigate is called connection you can only be the well to the extent that you're divinely and vitally connected to God consistently. You cannot be empowered. You cannot be the well 
unless you are in living contact with God consistently. Let me say it again. You cannot be the well if you are not personally hooked up to God daily. And that means that just going to church on a Sunday, you can't be the well that God wants you to be. You've got to have a relationship with him every single day of your life and growing and thriving. This connection point is, is a critical one. Because if you look at these great men of God, just start with the Lord Jesus Christ. He administered them, what would he do? He's up in the mountain praying. He's divinely connected to his father, getting his orders. Not just his orders, getting the power to do what he's supposed to do. Jesus said, I only say what the Father, what? What I heard him say, I only do what I saw the Father doing. So when you see Jesus teaching and doing, it's a revelation of the nature of God himself. If you want to know the Father, then look what Jesus did and said. That's the heart of the Father. Say it with me, connection. The last one is this availability. Sounds simple enough. Should be. But you'd be amazed how many people God wants to use, but they're never available. They're never, never picking up his signals. To help you out here. Imagine that uh, you hear a voice today. And uh, somebody's blessed you with, with five crisp $100 bills. <laughs> and some of y'all are thinking, okay, praise the Lord, hallelujah. And then you're minding your own business, and here comes, a, here comes a voice saying, I want you to take those $500 bills, and I want you to give it to so-and-so. If they have a big-time need right now, I want you to bless them. Y'all recall a scripture that talks about if we're not faithful and trustworthy with little things, carnal things, material things, how can he entrust us with true riches? And so you got that $500 and already it's become an idol to you. So it goes in one ear and out the other. Somebody been crying out to God, asking God for intervention. And here you are the well. God already supplied the money. And you're not available. There are a lot of reasons we're not available. Sometimes it's selfishness. Sometimes we just doubt we can hear from God. You know, let me help you out here. Right, Anna? The devil's not telling them to give them $500 up. The devil's not doing that. And I sure know their flesh is not doing that. So that leaves what? It's not the devil and it's not the flesh. So who's the one prompting them to do that? Here's the bottom line. All this teaching on increase and seed time and harvest and learning to be a sower. You know what all it is? All that was just training. That's right. Because if you can't even do that, you are not going to boldly go up to somebody and lay your hands on them. And command them to be healed. Or tell them your story and get them saved. Or take them like one of our college students did yesterday, uh, you know, years ago. He, he met a man who is a businessman in town. I won't mention his name now or his position now because you all know it. And it's his story, not mine. But he ran into this young man at Dairy Queen. Come on, everybody say the well. Come on, say, I am the well. Say, I am the well. And he just began to ask him about his relationship with the Holy Spirit. You ever been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues? No, I'm a Baptist. I mean, no, that, that's great, but God wants Baptists to be filled with the Holy Ghost too. He wants Lutherans to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? Are we serious about this? Yes. Tim has four kids baptized in the Holy Ghost for the first time this past week on the beach. Amen. Amen. Everybody say the well. Um, 
This guy got hungry right there on the spot. Forgot all about his ice cream. <laughs> Amen. I'll have a hot fudge Sunday and the Holy Ghost to go. Thank you very much. <laughs> right there. Right there at Dairy Queen, Murray, Kentucky. This man gets baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And I'm telling you something. God has, I've watched nothing but promotion in his life ever since that man did that. Now that young man understood that whatever is in him is real. It's the same thing that was in the Lord, the same thing that was in Paul. And he just yielded. He was available to minister. See, all of us have that in us, but we're not always available. We've got a reason why we can't say something, a reason why we can't minister, a reason why we can't do that. It's other words, it's, it's picking up on those cues and then doing what he tells you to do. And so when he tells you to give that $100 bill to somebody, that's just training. It becomes real easy then to come out of yourself and give them what they really need, Right? So when Peter comes across the, the, the you know, beggar at the temple gate, beautiful, what he really needs is his life back. He'd been doing real well getting money there. He wouldn't have been there if he wasn't successful as a beggar. What he really needed was his life back. Get back into the worship system. Get back socially. Get back his ability to walk. Get back his ability to work. Get back to do what God wants him to do. And Peter basically, of course, releases as a well... What is on the inside of him? And that man stands to his feet and is leaping and is praising God. People are amazed. Comes into the same worship setting. Everybody saw him week after week. Nobody can deny this man is healed because he got a sip from the well. Amen. Hallelujah. Available. Learning to be available. Say it with me, revelation, revelation. empowerment. Empower. Say it, revelation, revelation. Empowerment. empowerment, connection, connection. Availability. availability. That's how we're going to be the miracle capital of the world. We won't be able to keep up with all the stories of the miracles that are happening out there. Every day you guys will be calling in an email and saying, we just want to pray for so-and-so, so-and-so had a miracle, so-and-so got saved, so-and-so got baptized in the Holy Ghost, so-and-so just got healed or delivered. It's going to be constant. That's the way it's supposed to be. Yes. Can anybody that's born again, any, any church that's, that's a spirit filter, should operate in this? Yes, it is necessary to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Jesus didn't do one miracle until he was. Right. So yes, you can be a great evangelical church, but you can't be a miraculous supernatural church meaning the people, unless you involve yourself and yield yourself to the things of the Spirit of God. Amen. So I, uh, the more I just meditate on this, the, the hunger I'm, I'm getting because I want to have a greater revelation than I ever had before. Do you see this? Elisha was a well. And an Assyrian general named Naaman, right? It wasn't the Jordan that got him healed. It was the well that got him healed. Elijah supernaturally providing for somebody. It's not because he walked around with a big money belt. God supernaturally provided because she was able to drink from what? The well that God had sent her. Do you see this? The Ethiopian was able to get saved 
Because Philip was what? Available and born again and spirit-filled. When he was in Samaria, the Bible says with shrieks, these spirits would come out. He had great results as they all drank from that well. Jesus isn't there physically now. Who is? The Spirit of God inside of that man of God. I want you to meet this guy. He's coming in a chariot. He's a high official in Candace's court. And you need to, to minister to him. He's reading from Isaiah. Guess what? He's available. I said he's available. And he explains to him who this is and who the prophet is talking about. He gets born again right there. He says, what keeps me from being baptized? He comes down. He gets baptized. And what happens to Philip? Translated. You know what happens when you become available to work in the supernatural realm and to do the work of the kingdom? You have more and more and more experiences that are just wonderful. This is not God trying to do something against you. This is God trying to give you the most adventurous life you could possibly have ever. Where you see things happen, not just a preached gospel, not just a church service, but you see things happening every day of your life. And we've seen a lot of amazing things. But our job is not to give you geography. My job is not to say, hey, look at the performer on the platform. My job is to make sure that every person in this room becomes the well in 2021. Amen. Anybody comes across you and drinks from what's on the inside of you, dear Jesus. Not a revival spot, but an entire county. Wherever you happen to be. And I'm excited, and I'll tell you why. Because I can tell in my spirit that your spirit is grabbing this. I can tell in my spirit that you absolutely get the importance of this. Let me help you out here. And I'm going I'm to pray over you. I just want you to be, be praying about these things and be attentive in these services and let the Holy Spirit, you know, talk to you. Let me explain this to you. The paradigm shift for too long, when we read a story in the Bible, you see yourself as Naaman in need of healing. God is saying from now on, see yourself as Elisha in that story. For too long, you see yourself as the woman who doesn't have anything and they're about to starve to death, he, you know, she and her son. For too long, you see yourself as the woman. You're supposed to see yourself as Elijah. For too long, you've seen yourself as the woman with an issue of blood that if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. You should be the one with the garment on. That's the shift. For too long, we see ourselves as the one, you know, in, in, in need of a hand to be restored. And, and we want to just receive from God. You need to be the one that says, stretch out your hand. That's the shift. From the drinker of the well to the provider of what's on the inside of it. Amen. Now, when we get into Revelation, we're going to get into detail in John 4 and John 7 to show you what I'm telling you is exactly the example, the model, and expectation of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. He's the one that said, you know, that you would tarry in Jerusalem what, until you be endued with power from on high. He's the one that said in the greatest, uh, you know, last day of, of his teaching and his ministry there, he said with a loud voice, the Bible says he stood and he began to proclaim, if any man thirst, let him what? Let him come to me. Guess who the me is now? He's the head, you're the body. Let him what? Drink. And out of his innermost being will what? Flow 
rivers of living water. In John 4, he met this woman at the well who had been in many relationships. And she didn't understand because he wasn't talking about a natural well. But he said, if you drink from this, you'll thirst again. You drink from the, the water that I have, you'll never thirst again. Too often we see ourselves as a woman at the well. And not the one talking about what's in the well and giving what's in the well. I like this story. Um, she immediately began to respond. And the Lord said, hold up there. Where's your husband? <laughs> Let's deal with the repentance issue so we can go forward with the well concept. And we know that she had faith because she went back to her village. And she said what? Come see a man who told me everything <laughs> I ever did. How many know if somebody comes and reads your mail and you don't get offended, that's a good thing? How dare he? How dare he read my email? How dare he? What happened was the woman who drank became the woman that dispensed. Well, in the whole village. Didn't have a PhD, didn't have Bible college, barely even born again herself. That's why all these excuses people have used through the years, you know, are no longer valid. We just need to be available to do what God's called us to do. Say it with me. I am the well. I'm not just the recipient. I'm saved. I'm born again. And I'm spirit-filled. But I'm supposed to be the well for others. And it never runs dry. It never runs dry. Every day you get up from now on, Lord, I'm the well. Who needs a drink? Amen. I'm the well. Who needs a drink today? It'll change your life. It'll change your perspective for the better. Amen. Say it with Revelation. Say it again. Say Revelation. Revelation. Empowerment. Connection. And availability. There's a reason why the modern church has continued to have hot spots instead of the people becoming the hot spots. That's where our faith has been for 100 years. That's about change. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by what? By the Word of God. When you are told repeatedly that here's revival and there's revival, it reminds me of a scripture Jesus said, you know, in the end times they're going to say, there he is, here he is. But guess where the revival actually is? What did Jesus say? The kingdom of God is within you. That's where the living water is. Amen? So Elisha was a mobile well. Elijah was a mobile well. Jesus was a mobile well. Peter was a mobile well. Philip was a mobile well. Or Roberts was a mobile well. John G. Lake was a mobile well. Smith Wigglesworth was a mobile well. Said, I'm a mobile well. Come on, say it. I am a mobile well. Wherever I am, that's where the Spirit is. Some of y'all think, I got a little dab just to get me across the finish line. No, you got the same Spirit Jesus had. 
This is not an issue of availability of power. It is an issue of revelation. And only he can give it to you. How many will expect to hear from him on this? So we celebrate everything he did. We celebrate what he has done in Azusa Street. We celebrate what he's done at the Cane Ridge. We celebrate what he did in the Welsh Revival, the Irish Revival. We celebrate what he did in Korea. We celebrate what he's done in Central and South America. But how many understand our nation is in trouble? And while we have churches that are dumbing down the things of the Spirit, growing leaps and bounds, we can see the impact of church in name and structure, but without power, nothing changes. Nothing. Amen. Say it again. I am the well. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Filled with the fire of God. When people come by me, they can drink and be healed and be restored and be saved and be delivered. Say it. I'm a mobile well. And so we celebrate geography and then we celebrate individuals like Catherine Kuhlman and Amy Simple McPherson, you know, or Roberts Benny Hinn. We celebrate people like Smith Bigglesworth and Lester Summerall. And God's trying to say all the time, these were not supposed to be the exceptions. These are the rules. And it's about time we caught up with them. Especially in the day that we live in. Glory to God. The eyes of the Lord running to and fro throughout all the earth, looking for someone to show himself strong on their behalf. He's looking for somebody who'll lay hold of this thing. Amen. Uh, obviously, the first key is you must be born again. Say it with me, I must be born again. Um, if you're not born again, you don't have a well. <laughs> 